We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now and leave a message. They'll take it and get back to you at 905-529-7165. And, of course, you can check out their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Boy, I didn't think we'd get through all of that. How are you doing? Did you make any resolutions? It's here or? already. I know. I know it is. And everybody feels good? Night, nice and and uh, fluffy and yeah, uh, it's all good. We're relaxed. <laughs> no one's hung over yet, or still. That's good. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, I guess considering the time of the year, this is a great topic. Top ten financial resolutions for the new year. Uh, Boy, we're starting early. I know. There's no re- roll. We, we don't we give go. up. We, we there's no there's no rest. Um, yeah. And this is something in in my household. I look forward to every year, which is the annual summary of where did our money go and what did we do with it. <laughs> And now, do you so, start that, Andy? Is this you starting this conversation? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, and everybody goes, it, "Oh, it, Dad!" And then they it all always, take off. It, it always used to start with, "When you've had your colonoscopy, we'll talk about finances." <laughs> <laughs> well, and, it's uh, good to see you got that done. Yeah, I, I did. So that's all set. <laughs> Congratulations. And uh, anyway, we. <laughs> it must have been quite a new year for you. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but it it is a to me it's a great time to sort of pull together where where did we end up in 2016 and what do we need to look at in terms of 2017 mm-hmm. and um um you know it, it, i think the information is valuable for in on many levels but i think that it's easy to sort of talk about finances but it's all about action mm-hmm. right now we're into the resolution phase and finances i think there was a study done by fidelity and they were looking at the various types of financial resolutions that people make and the number one sort of over 50% of the people responded to i want to save more money yeah there was obviously discussions about debts and paying off cards and everything but it was the next lowest one would be something to do with debts but it was at half that level so mm. People were certainly more motivated to save money in terms of a financial resolution than they were about paying off debt. But in terms of the number one resolution, I would say is you need to you need to know what you want specifically, and it's the same thing. Whenever you're setting goals, you've got to make it specific. You've got to set it. It's got to be clear and it's got to be actionable. Like you can't just say, "Well, I want to reduce my credit card debt yeah. and I want to save some more money." If you just, if that's all you get yeah. to, uh, I don't think it's no going to, not much of a plan. And the other part about any of these, that's this type of resolution is sharing it with somebody. And that's why I like sort of the year end summary, because that's a chance for everybody to kind of, if you're in a, a relationship to sit down and look at what does it make sense for us to be doing going forward? We can state the goals together. So now you've got somebody else to sort of buffer against when mm-hmm. you're making uh, decisions about spending money. You know, is this really going to get us closer to our goals? Is this a priority? So a better example is, you know, I, I have a balance on my credit card right now, but I want it paid down to zero by X date. And I want to have over $5,000 in my savings account by X date. So you want to be very specific in terms of a target. And make them reasonable, because yeah. if they're too stretched, you, won't get you want some stretch, but you want to make them reasonable. And, um, and I think that's important too. So be very specific mm-hmm. and share it with somebody else so that you've got somebody else that's kind of got your back. Um, okay, number two, prioritizing your debts. And so we're going to talk about debt no matter what. But prioritizing your debt makes sense. And obviously, if you've done your year-end review or you haven't yet, you make a list of your debts. Write them down. How much do we owe and to who? 
And so you can kind of get a visual picture of them. If you know the interest rates or you can kind of ballpark the interest rate, write down the interest rate beside it. And then obviously, which one are you going to look at first? Yeah. Right? Uh, one with the highest interest one rate. One with the highest interest yep. rate. It's likely that revolving credit, either a store card or some kind of card that isn't paid off. Now, if you're lucky enough, you've got all your credit cards paid off and everything's clean and uh, simple there, then you're going to be looking at your long-term debt, your mortgage, your maybe a personal line of credit, or even a loan that might be associated to something you've purchased. So again, and you know, I think with debt, the main thing is you, you can get easily, because debt, some, like particularly long-term debt mortgages, you know, you, if you, you're not going to pay off your mortgage in one year, mm-hmm. but if you made a commitment to do $50 a cycle, so if you're paying bi-weekly, mm-hmm. increase it by 50 bucks a cycle, yeah. because you'll be staggered how much difference that will make up over time. And because if you get through this year, 2017, and you've done $50 every cycle, then next year you could add another 50. Mm-hmm. And, and you're starting to compound the effects of this as well. Uh, so making sure you prioritize your debts is number two. Number three, if you haven't already done so, open an RRSP. I'm going to put any sort of registered, you know, plan there to a TFSA would make sense as, as well. Um, and so basically we all have to save for retirement and it's the, it's probably the, the stickiest money as I like to call it, because once you get it into your RRSP, you're going to be more resistant to pulling it out. Mm-hmm. And so now you've actually got something working for you and the opportunity to make a higher return and to actually begin to, to create a, a retirement nest egg. So open up an account, start adding to that on a monthly basis as well. Number four, which relates to this, is automatic savings plans. Can't tell you enough. I mean, you think about most of our paychecks are automated, right? Yeah. In terms of deductions, in terms of source deductions. Could you imagine if if Revenue Canada didn't take tax off your paycheck every two weeks? Mm. <laughs> and you had and to come up, up to you at the end left of the year. Left it up to Yee. you at the end of the year. And you had to pay a lump sum at the end of the year of all the that tax you owe. That wouldn't be owe. fun. Of course- in my world, this would be fantastic because <laughs> if you had to write a check for 20 grand at the end of the year for your income tax and you're able to pay off your other debts with that money and then maybe you had to borrow some, you know, I'm just being, I'm exaggerating. But the reality is, is that doing something on a monthly basis or an automated basis is fantastic. It, uh, it creates discipline and it does, it's always shocking to me how people say they, they forget about it mm-hmm. after a while. Yeah. Once you, once you've gotten they into do. the mode and yeah. you, you know what's happening, you, you kind of forget about it because it's automated. Uh, so that was number four. Number five is close unnecessary accounts. And, you know, recently I had a client who, um, who was retired and she had decided to move into a retirement residence and we were starting to look at all the various bank accounts and financial institutions that she was dealing with. So there was a credit union, there was a Polish credit union, there was the Hamilton credit union, there was, um, a couple of banks and then there was a U.S. dollar account at a different, there were five different accounts. Mm. And she said, well, I, 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 I have to have all those. And I said, really? What? Because, well, I've got my, my old age security check goes into that one. Hmm. And my Canada pension plan check goes into this one. And my ex-husband, my, my deceased husband's pe- uh, pension, oh, it goes into that one. We all, that was our credit union account that we opened when we first moved here. So there's, sometimes there's just emotional yeah. connections to these. And the fact that closing them is, is often a difficult because it's a change of your routine, yeah. right? You're yeah. used to doing the shuffle. <laughs> Money's yeah. moving from one account to another account. But 
it became apparent to me that it was actually becoming more distressing and mm. more confusing and uh, and just all these different pieces of paper yeah. trying to keep track of where everything was and where everything was going. Uh, never mind that. There's also, that means five tax slips potentially that are going to come in. So yeah. that, that adds to the cost of, or the, maybe a little more complexity to doing your tax return each year. So I am 100% for cleaning all your accounts up at institutions. Don't have them all over the place. If yeah. you can get it down to one account, one, you know, some of my wealthiest clients have just one joint checking account. That's it that in terms right, yeah. of paying bills. Yeah. So everything goes into one yeah. and everything goes out. Yeah. And we've talked about it before. One of, I think the best products on the market and we have it here at Investors Group is called our all-in-one mm-hmm. line of credit. And it is exactly that. It gives you complete uh, flexibility with no costs. You know, that's the other thing. We had people keeping minimums yeah. in, in various accounts. I actually fees saw- Fees and such. Yeah, I saw it. So, oh, we had, um, yeah, we had uh, $10,000 in our TFSA plan, but we took out nine. And I said, well, what'd you do with it? Well, we put $3,000 in his checking account. We put $3,000 in my checking account and $3,000 in, in our joint checking account so we didn't have to pay any monthly fees. So mm. what? Wait a minute. <laughs> so now you've got nine grand sitting amongst three different deposit accounts that are, Just paying, so you don't pay that are paying zero. Yeah. And you've now you've lost any compound growth in your TFSA as well. What if you just had one? Maybe that's an option. Keep three grand in one, but do you really need all three accounts? Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, a nice thing about that all in one is it's so efficient. You look at it and ideally you'd have all your money go directly to your line of credit if you owe money. Mm-hmm. So you get your paycheck, off it goes right in your line of credit. Your bills don't actually have to be paid till the end of the month, say, mm-hmm. and you've got 15 days. Well, it's going, your, your bi-weekly paycheck, for example, is going directly into your line of credit, pays that down, even if it's for two weeks and you have to take it all back out after right. two weeks, it's actually earning, or the equivalent of earning, it's saving you interest. So whether you're saving interest or you're making money, but actually saving interest is even better because if you earn inc- interest income, you have to pay tax on it. Mm-hmm. When you save interest, it's tax-free. It's yeah. just money you're saving. You don't have to come up with that money. So I worked out if Andy's talking about his $2,000 as an example, $2,000. It was at, three. Sorry, three. But anyway, you can use well, two. two my, my, mine is 2000 I Thanks know for, thanks for listening to me, Don. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was confusing with my situation. Not all about you, Andy. <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, $2,000 at... 3%. Now, it's hard to get 3%. That means that's prime plus 0.3. That's $60 a year that you'd be just by having a minimum balance. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but start adding that up. Now, if it's 3000 make that 90 Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any, yeah. Now, there's a lot of people that are, are getting prime plus 5. Mm-hmm. In fact, I saw clients not long ago with prime plus 4.5. So now you're at 7%. Well, 7% at 3, it's another, that's $210 a year just for holding your minimum. And yeah. meanwhile, you got a line of credit. Times three there. accounts. Times three accounts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all these things add up and you, you know, you wonder why the bank shares do so well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now on the good news, uh, good news is we do own a lot of bank shares in our mutual funds and dividend funds, et cetera. But you know what? I'd rather be on the right side of that equation, mm-hmm. make money by investing in them, but save money by using them as most efficiently as possible. Make, in other words, close those unnecessary accounts yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, and concentrate your... And, and then it becomes easier to keep track of your overall finances as oh, well. Yeah. I don't know about you. I've done that personally for all my whole life. Now, there yes. is, it's funny. You know, everybody's got their own way of doing things. And if it works, your marriage is happy. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot to be said about that. Um, this is my vacation fund, whatever. 
Where, no. Come on, I'm a disruptor. I, like, I want to go in and mix it up here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's by, by far, it's with all these new bank charges that have taken place over the last 20 years where they used to not have, first of all, used to earn interest. And secondly, used to uh, not have these charges mm-hmm. just by yeah, having an account. Exactly. So yeah. now they've added these charges and they don't pay interest. <clears throat> so now it costs so, money, so much money to have it's all these accounts. double whammy. Yeah, yeah it's a double whammy. Yeah, so you really sure. want to be efficient these days. Yeah. Uh, Number six, make money doing what you love. Can you hold that? We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, We are planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox are with us from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. And don't forget to check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. If you go there, not only can you ask a question via the listener inquiry button, but you can also check out the old shows that have been archived there as well. We're coming right back. We are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now and leave a message. They'll get back to you at 905-529-7165 and check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. We're talking about financial resolutions into Absolutely. the new year. Absolutely. 2017, you're going to be financially fit mm-hmm. and ready to go. So number six, which is uh, make money doing what you love. And there's certainly... Somebody once said to me, if you love what you do, you never have to work a day in your life. Yeah, and that's I thought, true. It is true. Yeah. And, but to, sadly, most of us are in positions where we like it, but it may not be our first love. We have hobbies, mm-hmm. we have interests outside of that that we really enjoy. But there are opportunities to turn that into some financial wealth too. And I just, I had a client who just outside of work, he ended up doing a, a, a short-term thing, doing ice cream taste testing. <laughs> It really? got paid wow. a little bit of money for it. Wow. <laughs> but there are all kinds of things. There's there even, um, there's video game testings. There's all kinds of things. <laughs> like you can actually find some, some, uh, some sideline things. Yeah. Uh, but if you like, you know, find something you like to do and see if there's a way to turn it into some cash for yourself because you're going to love it anyway. Mm-hmm. Why not get paid for it? Yeah. Number seven. Uh, and this is something that I practiced for years and years and years. Um, not so much anymore because change is sort of, I, I'm usually using plastic these days, but, uh, collect your change Yeah. and collecting your change to me is a real, fa- it's a fantastic way to actually build up a reserve because it, we had, I used to have a jar, like one of those big, yep. um, olive jars, like mm-hmm. a giant olive jar. And the theory goes, so let's say you go to the grocery store and your grocery bill is 67 bucks. Give the, give $70. Uh, and and take the change. Yeah. Or if it was $63, give 70 bucks, take the change. Always take your change and then at the end of every day, load your change into your empty olive jar. Yeah. Pill it up. And you'll be shocked because you know you're adding somewhere anywhere between kind of, you know, 3 to 8% of your of your spending yeah. is going into that jar and now with loonies and toonies mm-hmm. uh, being the key ones, they're, they're, mm-hmm. you'd be shocked at how much will build up. Yeah. So we actually I do used to do this all the time and then once the jar got filled, counting it all out and then figuring out what to do with it. And one year I remember years ago my wife and I we had a small boat, a little sailboat yeah. and we decided we I think we had 1300 bucks cool. that was saved in the jar. We decided we would uh, 
um, joined the local sailing club. Mm. And uh, we were so busy that summer, I think we used it twice. <laughs> we were so upset at the end. Yeah. It was never worked. didn't work out. But honestly, every year, you'd kind of have somewhere around that amount. Yeah. And it might meant uh, a little vacation. Mm. It might have meant some money you could put towards saving, uh, like long-term savings, RSPs, paying down debt collect the change, you'd be shocked as to how much it actually builds up over mm. the course of a year. Uh, number eight is give money. And uh, I think there was a show on television over uh, in sometime in December, and it was about a, a rich gentleman down in the States, and he would give, um, I think it was $30,000 in $100 bills to the local police force. Mm. And they were mandated to take that I think they got $3,000, 10 officers, and they had to give out $100 bills to people randomly. So if they pulled them over, instead of giving them a ticket, you know, what did I do, officer? Oh, nothing. Here's $100. And it was just random gifts. Mm. But the reaction that people got was fantastic. And I can't imagine, the officers probably felt just as great about the whole experience as well. So it's kind of that simple thing where... uh, and from time to time, I, I, I've done it too, where you pay for someone's coffee in the Tim Horton line yeah, in yeah, advance. Yeah. You know, what was their order? I'll pay for it. Yeah. And it's fun. Uh, so, and it gives you sort of a sense of, of, of I think, giving back yeah. to- Paying and, it forward. And, exactly. Paying mm-hmm. it forward. That was number eight. Number nine is using personal financial software. And so, I, you know, it, some people are more uh, computer savvy or mm-hmm. more savvy in terms of that tech side of it. But um, for almost two decades now or more, I know Don uses it as well. We've been using Quicken, which is what there's a, there's a number of different programs mm-hmm. out there, but it does simplify your financial record keeping and it does allow you to sort of drill down and understand where money is going, but also just sort of how you're doing overall, mm-hmm. because it technically can, you can also include your investments and your liabilities, your assets, your liabilities. So you get an idea of what your net worth is, but the spending side of it, so if you imagine this, now you've concentrated yourself down to one account, one bank account, and th- that bank account can be linked to your financial software. And by push of a button, that institution will download all your transactions for the month, or you can do it every week, whatever you want to do, into your financial software. So it's automatic. You don't have to type it out. You don't have to re-enter it. And then you tend to go to the same places yeah. on a regular basis. So once you've entered where you went, and what was for, what category you want to put it in. So for me, let's say it was Tim Hortons mm-hmm. and I bought a coffee. Well, it automatically goes into a category called dining out. Mm-hmm. And so I know, and then I can, so every time now a Tim Hortons transaction gets downloaded from our uh, financial institution, you have a record of quick it. and automatically recognizes yeah. it and puts it, I don't have to do anything. So it's so simple. And then you can quickly create a report and find out how much did you spend? How much you blew at Tim Hortons? How much you blew at Tim Hortons? How much did I invest in Tim Hortons? (laughs) 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 Uh, But financial software is great. There's lots of different ones out there. But, you know, you can even add up, well, how much did I pay in bank fees? Or, you know, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. It can tell you exactly where you were spending your money. Number 10, the final one is about education. And so read a finance book. You know, pick something, um, you know, wealthy barbers, if you haven't started mm-hmm. anywhere for opening, mm-hmm. uh, opening sort of shot across the bow, the wealthy barber is a great place to start, but there are all kinds of, plus you can just even look online and reading articles. If you're getting closer to retirement, there's all kinds of retirement sites. You can read about retirement articles, uh, but just f- educate yourself, continue to find out and learn more. 
and listen to our show every week. Absolutely. <laughs> Do that first. If you skip the book, listen to us. Yeah. And, and then you're good to go. So anyway, there's my 10 resolutions for the for the year. Uh, we'll see somehow if we can post that and people can take a look at them if they And want. check one year from now to see if we Yeah, yeah, we're going to check back on you. <laughs> and, and, those re- and those readers, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's great to read the information, but you know what it does? It educates you enough to ask some very good questions. And because sometimes it, it's hard to, as a, say a neophyte that doesn't you look at this every day, to understand how the impact on them is. Yeah. But it is great. On the other hand, when I see a client and they say, yeah, I read this book and they, I'm a little confused. What, what's this work? How does this work? And yeah. how does this apply to us? And so we're seeing that a lot more, which is great. But uh, to act on information without seeing the big picture sometimes can be the wrong way to go. Mm. And we do see certain things that are, I wouldn't say out of context, but may not apply directly to their situation. But it's worth the question. So at least you have your financial planner to ask the question, and then you'll have a, a more concise way, and and also keeps them on their toes too, yeah. which is fine. Um, so they they know that uh, you're keeping up on things, and you're you're, you're working together yeah. to get to their goals, which is fantastic. Now for all those people, I, we're in what day seven of the new year here, mm-hmm. and that is seven years they've been going for walks, um, going to the YMCA. Joined the gym this year. I'm sure they're fit. Oh, packed. Um, the gyms are packed now. Yeah, they're on their diet <laughs> now. Right. And they're, it's fantastic. But you got to start, you know, if you're going to keep doing this, which I certainly hope you will, you, you got to start planning on living longer. And the number one area of, of the fastest growing- I never growing thought of that. I'm yeah. working out now. I might be living longer. Exactly. Now, what, I got to save more. What a downside that <laughs> is. <Damn. right? laughs> never thought of that. <laughs> Give me a cigarette. This isn't so good after all. <laughs> Another reason you can get get off the wagon here. But the uh, it is the highest uh, area, fastest growing area of the population is people over 80. Hmm. And it is in record amounts. Like, I know it's a smaller area. It's about 1.4 million people, 1.5 million people are over 80 in Canada. But it's growing the fastest. People are living. 80 is not that big of a deal anymore. No, it's not. You know, It's I, the new 60. My father's 78, and last month we go on a golf trip. He golfed 36 holes a day. Yeah. Well, most people aren't even thinking about, you know, even maybe golfing that much in 70. Yeah. They're hoping to. But you know what? It, you know, you keep yourself fit. You're doing the right things. And yeah, 80 is definitely the new 60, no mm-hmm. question. And because of that, you got to start thinking, what if I live that long? What if I live longer than 80? So an example, let's say you had money and you you – you said, okay, I'm going to take $3,000 out of my RIF, my Rich Retirement Income Fund, every month, no indexing, just going to take 3000 out every month, and I'm going to live till 80. How much would I need? Okay, well, it works out that you would need $375,000 to live to 80. So you have to have that sitting in your, your RIF. Mm-hmm. But just in case, what if you live to be 100? How much more would you need? Turns out you would need five hundred and forty-three thousand dollars if you live to a hundred, which works out to a hundred and sixty-seven thousand more dollars. So longevity does have its costs. Certainly, the benefits outweigh the costs. Um, you know, pushing up daisies is is, uh, is the other option. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're healthy and you're having a great life, you have to you have to spend um, or save rather um, to say, okay, I'm gonna I want a good life though. So it's interesting, 65, as we talked, is no longer considered the normal retirement age. So you're getting a lot of people that are working past this point. Two things. One is, when do you start collecting your Canada Pension Plan? Mm-hmm. 
That's a big question. And you should definitely talk to your financial planner about this. Um, back before they made the change, it was almost a, a given. Yeah, start collecting at 60 if you can. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, well, 65 maybe. But you got to look at the bigger picture. Um, how, how long did your parents live? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how healthy are you? You know, um, y- are you a smoker, non-smoker, female or, or male? Those also come into the play. And there, and there is a 42% increase in your Canada Pension Plan if you wait till 70. So is it worth it though? And I've worked through all these numbers. I'd be happy to go through your scenario to see what was the most efficient way. But certainly, smoker, overweight males probably should take it early, okay? Because yeah, the break even is around 74. Mm-hmm. But non-smoker, fairly fit females... I may want to wait till after 65 hmm. because they'll be shortchanging themselves. And we're talking a lot of money. Okay, there's yeah. a lot. Of, if you're getting $1,000 a month at 65, that means you're only getting 540 a month at 60. Yeah. And you're getting 1400 a month at age 70. Hmm. So big swings there, and, and you got to really look at that. But the big one that a lot of people aren't aware of is the old age security. Most, most people I've talked to aren't aware that you can postpone <coughs> or defer collecting your old age security. And since there's clawback at about $74,000 a year, so for every dollar you make over $74,000, you're going to lose 15 cents of old age security. Yeah. Well, if you're still working and you're making, call it $120,000 a year working away with all your other incomes, you may have other investment income by that time too, you're not going to collect your old age security because it's all going to be clawed back. Yeah. So what's going to happen is if you elect to start getting at 65, you'll start receiving it and you'll give 100% of it back. Mm-hmm. You, have the, you can elect to wait until your income drops so that you will get it. And if you do wait, you get a 6% increase per year. Not as good as Canada Pension Plan. It's a 7% increase per year. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly better than nothing because if you start at 65, you weren't going to get it anyway. You're going to be losing it all. So longevity risk is... Uh, is an issue, but there's some definitely huge benefits in terms of how you can plan things. You uh, should also look at uh, critical illness insurance, long-term care, and see if they uh, fit in, and also supplemental health care insurance and the cost of that. Because if you're not working, you know, certainly a lot of things are covered at 65 that are paid by the government, but there's also dentists uh, and other costs that are not covered by the, and, and you want to say, okay, I want full coverage. Well, there's a cost to that. And we also deal with companies and you can get up to a few quotes on that. So also the new year, unfortunately for some, it means dealing with a little bit of debt. Hmm. Okay. I know Andy mentioned that in the previous segment there about, you know, you might have some Christmas debt, for example. Oh and yeah. All the visa bills arrived this month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So how do you That'll deal be next with that? Week. Oh, fun mm-hmm. times. Well, it's funny. I, I, I was, I've seen a few cases where, in fact, uh, in case not long ago, where their line of credit, even though their house was about 75% paid off, but they didn't use their line of credit and they didn't hook it up to a home equity loan. Mm. So they're pay- paying prime plus four and a half. It worked out to about 7%. Now, if you had it hooked up to your home, you'd be paying prime to very most prime plus one. So between 2.7 and 3.7. And if you, if you know, great way to, you earn the right to pay lower interest Yeah. because you own a home and you can use the equity, mm-hmm. you've paid it down. Why should you be treated like some university grad 
that has an unsecured line of credit and they're getting prime plus, you're getting the exact same rate as somebody with no job basically, yeah. or just starting in their career. So great idea, you tap into that home equity. Some people have this area that, oh, I'm mortgage free, you know, I don't want to touch that. Well, you end up paying more, more interest because of it. Yeah. And it's there, it's a great option. Now, the other nice thing about this, if you do have some credit card debt, as you said, Scott, you can pay off all of your line, of, all your credit cards. Yeah. And so you're paying off your credit cards that would pay somewhere between 19 and 28%. And now you can put them all together and pay, say, 4%. Okay, great cost savings there. The other is sometimes you're looking at right now five-year mortgages. You can get at about 2.5% right now. And depending on which company you deal with, you can up your mortgage to up to what you started your mortgage to mm-hmm. and pay off all your debt again using your mortgage and have it fixed at two and a half percent for the next five years. So I've even suggested for some people that let's say they had a, a $200,000 mortgage and it's now paid down to say 150,000. Well, they may be able to move that right back to 200,000 to pay off $50,000 of other debts they've collected. Mm-hmm. And all those other debts are paying a lot higher rates than two and a half percent. So this is another, again, kind of trick of the trade, if you will, of paying down debt. I know that if you want to be mortgage free, but attack that one at two and a half percent. Don't have two or three other debts. As Andy mentioned in the last part, having three or four or five different bank accounts yeah. is very costly. Mm-hmm. Having three or four different types of debts and then trying to pay off which one should I pay off first, consolidate those debts into the lowest interest rate vehicle possible other than those 0% car loans. Those are always good ones to keep. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about those ones, yeah. but consolidate the other mm-hmm. ones. And then you can focus on paying down one debt and save a ton of interest costs. We are planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165. And don't forget to check out the website, andyanddon.com, andyanddon, all one word, dot com. You can archive old shows there as well. Ask a question via the listener inquiry button. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now, leave a message at 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. Check out the website, andyanddonalloneword.com. That's andyanddon.com. You can even check out old shows there and as well ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Luxury fever, keeping up with the Joneses. How do we? Uh, do we get? Is there a prescription for that? No. I, well, there I, there is for sure. So you know, you're outside. You've been shoveling the driveway, cleaning it up, and uh, you see your neighbor next door who's got a brand new car in the driveway. Oh, yeah, nice. And the chat starts. How? Oh my gosh! Look at your cars. Now look fantastic. And telling you all about the new car. And then, you know, then the conversation, oh, and by the way, we're, we're heading over to France in a couple of weeks what? for a nice little getaway mm. in the spring. We're planning that. And, uh, oh, come on over this weekend to watch the game. I got a brand new sound system. I want you to come over and hear it and check it out. And you're walking away, shaking your head going, I can't, I, where does that guy get this money? How does he do this? It's unbelievable. Facebook is bad for that. Never, <laughs> never follow that. Never, <laughs> never follow what your friends are doing or enjoying. That's right. It's the proverbial keeping up with the Joneses. But the thing is, though, they never tell you how much debt they incurred, perhaps, to actually have these items and have these these sort of luxury things that are that they're using for their lifestyle. But it's it's easy to get caught up in it. And in I guess in our 
in, in the, the real phrase and the studies that have looked at this, they're calling it conspicuous spending, which we've always said is <clears throat> it's a technical term, I guess, for keeping up with the Joneses. And there was a, there was a study done by um, uh, a gentleman named Thorstein Veblen, a Norwegian-American economist and sociologist who coined the term conspicuous spending, which basically means consumers spend money on items that display their wealth or income rather than on those that actually meet their needs. Mm. And so conspicuous consumption and keeping up with the Joneses, it rarely makes people happy. We know that. And so there was an Alberta, uh, University of Alberta uh, study done, and I thought this is amazing. So Dr. Barry Schlonick led a 2016 study, and he analyzed the impact of lottery winners' neighbors. So... You, Scott, you win, you, you win the lottery. Yeah. You win the lottery. Now, what, what is the impact on the neighbors wow. around you? Because now you have Hell. all this additional wealth, Hell. right? And oh, you're buying goodness. the toys and yeah. you're putting on the addition and renovation. Clearly, so, they didn't move. They should have done that first, right. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> For every $1,000 increase in prize winnings, they found the winner's neighbors had a 2.4% increased chance of filing for bankruptcy. Wow. So we're actually now able to put a statistical number to keeping up with the Joneses. Wow. <laughs> we, so rather than, uh, you know, it's everything, those visible assets, the renovations, cars, boats, rather than the non-visible assets, which are just your investments and your savings. So for so, 50,000 increase, yeah. you're talking over 100%? You got, the, well, yeah, for every $1,000 increase in prize winnings, they found the winner's neighbors had a 2.4% increased chance of filing for bankruptcy. You'd think the lottery winner could help out the neighbor with that. Uh, no, I guess. I'm kidding. That probably <laughs> is. Where's, so for, for where's 50, the love? So for 50000 for every 50000 there's a... It doubles your chance of going bankrupt. It's not good. Yeah, for the next wow. keeping wow. up. So this keeping up with the Joneses thing is really bad. Wow. Um, but, and we know it because look at Canada's debt. Right. This yeah. we were we were talking about this on many shows over the last three or four months. But Canada's debt has now reached its highest level. This sort of the measurement of debt to disposable income in in 2016 reached 165.3 percent, and that was basically the, I think the record was the fourth quarter of 2015. So we're right up there at, at 200 and, uh, 165 percent. So very very close. Um, second. A study in 2016 by Ipsos Reid found that half of Canadians, so 50% of Canadians, are $200 away from not being able to meet their monthly bills. Hmm. Wow. 200 bucks away from not being able to meet your monthly it's bills. rounding error. And finally, the, the Parliamentary Budget Office announced uh, in 2016 that Canada has seen the largest increase in household debt relative to income of any G7 country since the year 2000. Hmm. So that's 16 years. So we're the highest increase in debt of any G7 country since 2000. So that all doesn't bode well, as far as I'm concerned. And what, uh, you know, and what also is, has happened is that, you know, we're trying to always make this decision between we've got money left over. Is it going to go towards luxury items or is it going to go towards our savings and our retirement and our debt? And our, and our society is being inundated. So it used to be keeping up with the Joneses when we grew up. Mm-hmm. But you know what it is now, right? It's mm-hmm. keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Right? It's yeah. changed completely. So we've got smartphones. We've got social media. We've got TV. We've got Instagram. Cosmetic surgery. All all of those things. You know, it used to be you'd go to school and you were jealous because your buddy had the the sneakers that you wanted to wear. But now you you can see what every Hollywood uh, actor, actress, 
all of the stuff. What yeah. what are they wearing? I don't want their stuff. So it's not just what your classmates are wearing anymore. It's now you can see what the rich and famous are doing all over the world. Yeah, good point. And it's creating a whole new uh, a whole new set of keeping up with the Kardashians. So bottom line, I think there's kind of four things that you kind of got to think about when the grass looks greener on the other side. Number one, prioritize your wants and spend on the ones that have the most value to you. Number two, make purchases thoughtfully and deliberately. Recognize what factors are influencing your buying decisions. Number three, and I think this is important, diversify your social circle. Seek out more affordable hangout options, mm-hmm. right? I, it seems how the bar gets re, uh, starts to raise, you know, you're going out for dinner yeah. with a couple and it's, it, it looks like it, there's a notch. It keeps getting higher yeah. and higher in terms of how much is being spent. Yeah. Find out a way to do it on the cheap too. Mm. And finally, number four, remember many things you have to be grateful for and that the key thing, comparison is the thief of joy. Wow. Oh, that's a good one. Comparison <laughs> is the thief of joy. You got it. Wow. Uh, as my father used to say, we don't make a lot of money, but we have a hell of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I, I guess that's the way to look at it. We are planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. And if you'd, write, if you'd like to reach them, you can do it now. Just leave a message at 905-529-7165. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. And don't forget to check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. You can uh, check out old radio shows there as well. You can also ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Uh, going to talk about $5 haircuts. Where are you going? Yeah, good deal. <laughs> I'll say. Do you bring well, your own bowl? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because my associate, and I'm throwing him a little under the bus right now, he's had some time with his son and uh, waiting for his daughter to do something. So they're walking the mall. And there's one of those mall haircut places, Super sure. Clips or one of those. Big sign, $5 haircuts. Yeah. It's, you know what? Son, I haven't had a chance to take you to get a haircut. What an opportunity. Dad, I want to go to my normal place. Yeah. Now, come on. How bad can it be? Takes the son there. And as he's there waiting in the chair, the the lady, there's two ladies there. One was also open. And they said, it's kind of funny that they're open. It's $5 haircuts. But anyway, there was another chair open. And uh, they said, you know, sir, why don't you come and join? It's only $5. Get a haircut. I'm good. No, no, come on. Okay, what the heck? So they both got haircuts. Now, going back to your bowl analogy, they can't, one, one almost got a Mohican. They had to stop them. Uh-huh. So I didn't ask for that. Oh, so she had to stop mid, mid haircut right. and start trying to fix it up a bit. And it turned out that both haircuts were terrible. Right. Okay. Just awful. And, you know, lesson to, as my friend said to his son, he says, you know, okay, here's a lesson here, son. You don't get $5 haircuts. Yeah. And that's the price. Okay, there's a difference between price and cost. The price was $5, but what's the cost yeah. of that $5 haircut? Yeah. The cost is that you feel pretty much like an idiot because you're <laughs> walking around with this really bad haircut for the next at least two or three weeks, four weeks, until it gets better. You, quite often, and he did go to his own, the person that normally cuts his hair, and uh, they, they kind of laughed at him a bit and said, don't worry about that. We fixed $5 haircuts. <laughs> okay. So now you're paying for an expert yeah. to fix the $5 haircut. And 
this happens a lot. People are, and we're finding this a lot in, in our own industry. People are focused on price. And it says, what is the cost of that? So you're seeing a lot of things now, a lot of commercials, the whole industry is looking at MERs, management expense ratios. We're going to be the cheapest price. And it says, well, what's the cost of going there? And they're, they're actually looking at, okay, assuming that you're paying this percentage to manage your assets versus, say, what Andy and Don charge, we could save you this much money. But what they're not seeing is, well, is the return the same? Mm -hmm. Just because you're paying less to manage the money doesn't mean you're getting the same return. So that's number one. That's the easy one, though. And they never go there. They never actually compare returns, which is kind of interesting. Mm. The second one is our hardest job is during tough markets. It's behavior. Investment Investor behavior is the number one reason people's returns aren't as high as they should be. Mm. It actually, uh, as I said, on a study, a Dalbar study, 20 years in the stock market for the U.S. stock market, and they looked at the U.S. mutual funds, the mutual funds averaged nine, the average client in the funds averaged five. Why? Because they only left it in there for four years before they moved it out. Right. Had they left it in for 20 years, they made 9% a year. So they had a 4% cost because they moved the money around a yeah. lot. And so even though you're looking for low MERs, in certain cases, it actually can cost you high returns. Then there's all the financial planning issues, as Andy and I talk about at every show. Uh, the tax planning. Mm -hmm. um, just last month, <clears throat> I was working with a lot of clients and cashing in their RSPs. I said, well, that, why would you cash in RSPs? Well, they're making under 40000 a year. Let's cash those RSPs in while they're under 40000 a year, paying only 20% tax. Put that money into the TFSA. The money now is growing tax-free. Yeah. And what it is, it's future-proofing future your RSP. So you're not going to pay, potentially, 53.5% tax upon your death. Mm -hmm. So it's tax planning, estate planning, all in one. Which, by the way, that's a guarantee. Okay, death and taxes, okay. But yeah. the tax side of it is currently at 53.5% for anybody that makes over 220000 And that's upon the second death, if you're married, the, the, remain, the, the surviving spouse upon his or her death, all those RSPs are taxed in the year death. And you could yet definitely earn over 220000 So you could be potentially be paying... 53.5% tax on that. Then there's the cash flow planning, making sure, as Andy was just going over, keeping up with the Joneses, we got to go through your cash flow, making sure that your, your, your spending habits are proper. Two things. One is that you're not overspending, but quite often we're actually seeing quite the opposite too with a lot of our clients, is they're not under, they're under living. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you can afford this. In fact, you should spend more money and we work it out so that people have a better life. So price and cost are very, very different factors. Although the c price might be, that percentage that you're paying, at what cost are you paying that? And quite often what we're finding now in the c with a lot of the competitors, for any client that has under a million dollars, they're not even seeing certified financial planners anymore. They're seeing people that work at that institution that do change around on a frequent basis. So you're not gonna have that service that mm -hmm. you're you know the person that you know the family you're working with them on, a, on an ongoing basis and you know their concerns and you're keeping that going all the way along so again the difference between a haircut and your money the hair does grow back <laughs> <laughs> i can't guarantee you your money well, will <laughs> speak for yourself young man good, good point scott we can't be follically challenged that's right too. that's right yeah <laughs> mm. 
All right, we have been planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox have been with us from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc., couple of ways to get a hold of them. You can call now at 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. Leave a message. They will get back to you. And if you'd like to check out an old show or ask a question, you can do so at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. All you have to do is ask a question via their listener inquiry button. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks. Good. Happy New Year, everyone. Great Happy way to New start Year. off the new year. We'll see you next week. You bet.